Today, we are celebrating Veterans Day. I want to begin by thanking the men and women who have served in our armed forces past and present. We enjoy our freedom because of these courageous individuals. There are currently approximately 19 million veterans in the U.S., with 50% of veterans residing in 10 states. Florida ranks third and just under 2 million veterans. By 2037, Florida will become the second largest veteran population. UCF has the ability to provide veterans with access to high quality bachelor's degrees that will enable them to achieve their academic and professional goals. For this episode of Academically Speaking, I'm joined by Dr. Wayne Bowen, who is the Interim Associate Dean of the College of Undergraduate Studies, Director of Interdisciplinary Studies, and Interim Director for UCF Abroad. He also serves as Professor of History in the College of Arts and Humanities here at UCF. Dr. Bowen is a retired Army Reserve Colonel, in 1998, he served in Bosnia as part of the NATO Stabilization Force and in Iraq in 2004. Dr. Bowen's leadership roles have included company commander, serving twice as a battalion commander, and a civil affairs chief. Also joining us today is Mr. Jane Smith. Jane Smith is an academic advisor in the College of Undergraduate Studies. He served in the Navy for 23 years and retired as a chief Navy counselor. He is a Gulf War veteran who served in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and Enduring Freedom. So thank you both uh, Dr. Bowen and Mr. Smith for joining us today. And I'd like for you to share some of your military experience as it relates to higher education. So you're both veterans and you're both in higher ed. How did your military service get you to this point? We'll start with you, Mr. Smith. Briefly, my military background started out as visual communications. From that point, I was an instructor in the Navy, and then I moved on to recruiting. So being an instructor started my passion for teaching, mostly guiding young sailors to be the best that they can be. And then when I moved on to recruiting, it gave me an opportunity to kind of stray away from me being an introvert. People say they don't believe it, but I am. It allowed me to open up to people, talk to people, and really listen to what they need. Not so much what they want, but what they need. That's basically how I got really involved and started thinking about higher ed and wanting to be that person that can guide students through their college career. So Dr. Bowen, you and I share a, a kind of military experience in common. We mentioned earlier that you served in Bosnia with the Stabilization Force. Uh, and as a civilian employee stationed in Germany, I was in Bosnia at the very beginning of the conflict. So talk to us about a little bit more about your military background and how the military helped you with the skills that you currently engage in now. Sure, yes. Uh, well, the Army made possible me going to college in the first place. I won an Army ROTC scholarship 
that helped me make it through the University of Southern California. And then from there, my military and civilian courses of uh, career have kind of paralleled. I've been in academic life ever since, professor, associate professor, and so on at three different universities. And I've had various military assignments over the, that time period that in, in many ways has complemented my civilian experience and also occasionally been a break from it. And when I was sent to Bosnia and then later to Iraq, I didn't volunteer for either of those deployments, but they were tremendous experiences and really benefited me long term as well as enabling me to, to help serve the country and kind of pay back the years of support I'd received. And then my, one of my last assignments was actually as a student, completing a master's degree uh, through the Army War College. So I had a pretty recent experience with helping relate to students who were late with assignments. I was even on academic probation for a little while. So it all came, came full circle. So my first question is about the ways in which we support veterans. How is the best way to support veterans on their journey toward their bachelor's degree? What's the best thing we can do for them? Well, the first thing that we can do is actually listen to the veteran. There are a lot of veterans that I've come across that when they first come back to college or first time in college, a lot of times people within the college do not realize that they are non-traditional students. So they may not have had the help from within their families or what have you, or their deployments just didn't allow them the time. And quite frankly, them being in the military, a lot of people just don't listen to them. So I think the best thing to do is to listen to them, to find out actually what they need, and then marry them up to the resources that we do have to help them go along. You know, I wrote down the same thing. I wrote, listen to them. It can be a tremendous transition from military into civilian life. And I think higher education in many ways is worse because within the military, soldiers, sailors, uh, airmen, and so on are kind of used to being told. This is the path you follow. This is the school you go to. This is the next hurdle or the next promotion or, or tour of duty. There's a world of possibilities in higher education, which can be paralyzing. And there's also, they may perceive compared to the military, a slowness and responsiveness to the questions and the concerns that they have. I mean, if the food's not good in the dining facility, the commander will go yell at the chef and the cooks and it'll be fixed the next time. People don't yell in higher education. There's not a single person you can go to to make things happen and the same speed you would get in the military. It can be really frustrating. You may send a question to financial aid and not get a response for two or three weeks, which is an eternity in the military. And the response may not be what you want and there may be no obvious place to go. So I think Listening and trying to explain that this is a different world. Some things are better, but some things are more frustrating. That's a good place to start for sure. The uncertainties of higher education and the proliferation of choices to encourage them to just hang with it. Don't walk away. Don't give up. You can do this. In some ways, higher education is easier, but also harder than anything you would have done in the military. Um, are there support services and resources that are especially beneficial to our veterans? Here at UCF, we have the VART, or the Veterans Academic Resource Center, is the first place that we should start and where a veteran would start. On Navy bases, we have what's called Navy College. And that's where service members, even veterans that are in an area with the base, would go to, and there they have education counselors there. So it would be nice, and I'll even use here in Orlando, we have the Reserve Center. And there's someone in the reserve center 
that help those veterans or reservists that are pursuing a degree with different types of education resources there. So if they could partner up and actually be able to reach out to potential students there before they become students, they can start that conversation and show how we can help them and move them along in getting their degree. I would agree the BARC is the is definitely the first place to start and to encourage veterans who may feel like they want to get away from having been in the military and be civilians now to maintain that connection because the BARC, VA services, if it's appropriate, even maybe thinking about getting into RPC, those can be, be ways that they can build in their experience and also find a sense of community here on campus and this, this huge campus. It's really easy to get lost. Another point of transition for veteran students is when you're in the military, you usually your NCO, your commander will tell you what you have to do next. Well, they may not get an email that says, hey, you should go to the student health center and get a flu shot. You know, you should go to the library and talk to uh, one of the staff members there about doing your research. You should, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to get notified of these things. And so we can help them by saying, look, here are four or five things you should try to do over the next few weeks. In addition, of course, to going to your classes and eating regular meals and fulfilling your obligations, here's a checklist. And I think a lot of times veterans will appreciate that to say, oh, good, I, I will get that done. And they have a mission and a job to do beyond their classes. And then hopefully that will then help them put those on their to-do list for the next semester and to engage going forward because UCF has tremendous resources. Uh, but again, no one's going to knock on their door and say, hey, you know, sailor, soldier, go do this. We need to give them the, the, the guidance to, to nudge them in those directions. So in your conversations with veterans, have they identified particular services that they wish were available? Not so much as identifying services that they wish they had, but being informed of the services. I know the veterans that we have within our degrees and majors, some of the first questions that they do ask, do we have a resource center? And right off the bat, I can proudly say, yes, we have the VARC. I think for the most part, they don't know what they don't know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Really, they don't know what to ask or what to wish for. In our conversations, we talk about the different resources that we have here at UCF, and they go, wow, I didn't know you guys had that. Well, wow, I went to this school and they didn't have anything like that. <laughs> I can honestly and proudly say that UCF is one of a kind. We have the things here to make our veterans successful. You know, one thing that often veterans will have that's an advantage is that at least initially, if you tell them to do something, there's a real good chance they'll do it, mm -hmm. you know, because they're used to taking orders and they kind of perceive us to be giving them orders. And really we're not, but it's good if they think of it that way. For example, if you tell them, hey, during your first week, when you get your first writing assignments, go to the writing center and ask them mm -hmm. to help you structure a plan to, to attack that assignment. Go to the health center, get a flu shot your, you know, during the month of October. This is how we're going we're gonna to keep you healthy. And so then, again, hopefully they'll, they'll build that into their own momentum and their own plan going forward. Now, after they've been here a couple of years, and if, if, we've, you know, if the university's disappointed them in some ways, they may not be as susceptible to that kind of guidance. But getting to them early, you know, when, when James meets with them, uh, the first semester. So that's the time that he's really gets successful um, returns uh, on that investment of time and listening to them, but then also giving them maybe a little more guidance, more direction than you might a regular student, because they're going to be receptive to it. 
another student coming in, non-traditional student or FTIC student might say, well, you're not the boss of me. Don't tell me what to do. I'm, I'm a college student. I'm on my own now. Whereas a veteran might be initially a little more open to that kind of nudging. So when we think about those students who are majors in the College of Undergraduate Studies, how do you think the college has done in relationship to assisting veterans? I think our college has much greater flexibility than almost anywhere else you have on campus. So a lot of our veteran students will come with degrees from four or five different colleges and universities, from the community college of the Air Force, to the University of Maryland, to North Texas. And so when they come in, they may not fit neatly in the profile of other departments and other programs who expect students to come as FTICs and stay here all four years and only take classes in that college. And so both with their interdisciplinary degree, honestly, even with environmental studies degree, and especially with their BIGS degree. We have the greater flexibility to count courses, to make them, uh, to make the years that they spend at other places worth the time and investment, uh, and to bring things together and help them understand where that's brought them and where they can go with it. Uh, again, I think that's unique to our college across the university. And so we can, we can help them graduate more quickly than anyone else. And also making that degree meaningful through culminating experiences their last year or so here. So that's not just the basket of courses. It's a real degree that they can explain to future employers and also internalize as the path they've taken. And kind of to close that out, I'll just use some of the comments that I've gotten when meeting with veteran students. You know, why didn't I learn about something like this when I first tried to go to college? Man, was this around? Wow, is this how y'all do business? My God, this is the most help I've ever received from any type of advisor or counselor. I think our programs, and Doc put it perfectly, we allow the students to grow into what they really want to do with the flexibility that we have. We can call it hand-holding, but I call it doing my job or doing our job here, and that's guiding them. You know, we don't let them fall. We have everything that they could possibly want to do and learn right here. And we make sure that our students, every new thing that comes up, any kind of opportunities, high impact opportunities. As a veteran and going through school myself, I can sit back and say that, man, I should have went to UCF. I wish I had known about, and I say this on an everyday basis, I wish I'd have known about interdisciplinary studies. I wish I had an opportunity to do something like this, even environmental studies. We offer what most departments can't. And that's the flexibility to succeed. I have seen that not only um, on the UCF side and, and having the opportunity to talk to students who've had benefits from engaging in conversations with professionals like yourselves, but even um, in the time that I spent when I was in Germany and meeting military personnel who had been stationed half a dozen different places and picked up a college course here and a college course there and trying everything they knew how to put together a degree or to stay in a program that was similar to the one that they started out in and all of the challenges that they faced because nobody knew how to handle them. And then fast forward, I had a tenure track position at an institution in Texas that had a very large active duty and veteran military community. And we saw a lot of students coming to us who were veterans, who were active duty, who had taken courses at 
community college of the Navy, community college of the Air Force, University of Maryland, University College, and a variety of other places. And it was all we could do to sort of cobble together something that would get them feeling as if they were making progress. But I can tell you that many of the folks that I spoke with over the course of my career felt like every time they moved, they were taking a step back and having to start something over again. Or by the time they thought they were close to finishing, some course they took 20 years earlier was no longer valid. And so they had to take that course over again. And there were just all kinds of challenges that individuals who are serving our country, who have served our country had to face in order to finish a college degree. And so what we're doing here at UCF has been a, a real godsend to a lot of military personnel in relationship to that. So I, I mentioned a little bit about active duty military personnel, and we have some on our campus who are fully engaged in the military, serving the Army or the Air Force or the Navy, Marine Corps. Let's talk a little bit about how we help those individuals earn degrees, because we know that there are lots of things that can happen in the midst of attending college, right? So what are we doing here? But I think universities across the country have been great at attracting military students, both active duty and former military who have GI Bill benefits, because a lot of them see the funding that comes to those students and say, oh, this is great. We'll get you know, full tuition from these active duty personnel and the, you know, the, the GI Bill and its you know, generous benefits for veterans. But the same schools have not been as effective at following through to make sure they finish because there's no immensurate financial incentive to finish the students. The incentive is all in keeping them enrolled. And so that's a real flaw in the structure of both of GI Bill and in tuition payments for, act, for currently serving personnel. And I think it's reflected in the numbers across the country, retention and completion rates for veterans and for currently serving military personnel are terrible. They're terrible. They're lower than almost any other metric we could look at. Again, partly because of what you said, Dr. Barry, that they move so frequently. And a lot of times that many of them don't say, well, and I'm at a new place and they're actively recruiting me to take classes now at this different place. And, you know, enlisted soldiers and sailors get promotion points for completing college classes, not as much necessarily for completing a degree. So, you know, we, we've not really set them up to be in an ideal system. So, you know, not to be too much of a downer on it, but it's why many of them will get 100, 150 credits and not have a degree. And then we send them to James and he will set them up for the, the success, yeah. right? I mean, I, I think one of the things is, is that I relate to them all day. It took me 23 years just to get my bachelor's degree, 23 years. And I started before I even joined the military. I went to Morehouse College. I was a 16 year old sitting in my first college class. But I joined, and like Dr. Bowen said, we got points for classes complete. You completed this class, you get points. You completed this class, you get points. If you get a degree, great. Some would stop at an associate's, and hey, I got an associate's degree. I got a degree. But really, within your chain of command, unless your NCO or division officer or what have you, sit down and explain to you the importance of you're not going to be in the military forever. As a Navy counselor, I was on the recruiting side of it. And one of the things that I would hear a lot is, you know, I want to go to college, but my family can't afford it. Okay, fine. That's good. Here's how we can get you there. But once they get in, sometimes 
the emphasis is not put on finishing a degree. Start it, but not finishing it. And one of the other things, Doc, that you said that made a whole bunch of sense was the tuition assistance that military members get. That money keeps coming. You take a class, cool. One class, it doesn't matter. You get 10 people to come and take one class. That institution is still getting that money. And it's just a big open spigot. It's just flowing without thinking about how these people are going to finish. And that's why I think that, especially here at UCF and our department and our program, we can actually guide them and show them, here's how you can finish. So then if in fact the system is set up where it rewards the action, but not the completion, how do we then get both veterans and active duty military personnel to want to complete that degree? What are the incentives that we can share with individuals who might be listening to this particular podcast and think, well, yeah, you know, I'm getting money for school, but what's the incentive to finish? Clearly, there are long-term financial benefits to any college degree. There was a report that came out yesterday that showed even graduates in the humanities, you know, we think of, oh, philosophers and people in history, and they average 58000 a year annual income, right, which is almost the same as a degree in, in many of the STEM fields. And that compares to the upper 30s for those who just have an associate's degree, you know, over the life of your remaining work years, even after you complete military service, you can make a million more dollars a year just by any college degree, as opposed to some college associate's degree or a high school diploma. And the same survey showed that over 90% of college graduates are happy with the degree that they completed. So you'll make some money and you'll be happier with yourself than those who didn't do so. You know, I I think just it's not the clear immediate reward that you get from getting, as James said, promotion points or a kudo from your commander for completing a course. But as James also said, you're not going to be in the Navy or the Army forever. Both of us got kicked out at a certain point. We had to do something yeah. else. <laughs> so uh, what is that something else? And, and, they, and you landed here. Oh, my we goodness. We did. I was just thinking, too, that when you look at what we do here, and I know I'm going to plug IDS all day, every day, but when you are pursuing a major that you have interest in and that you have the autonomy to pick your classes and take classes that you enjoy, that's also going to give you a very good foundation to move on into a possible career field. When you get that job, it's not work, it's enjoyment. And I know I use a lot of examples of myself, but I'm going to share one thing that one of my students said to me last week. She said, how do you do it? I said, do what? She said, how do you sit here and listen to us whine all day? And I'm like, huh? Well, okay. You brought it up. Let's go. And I told her, I said, when you enjoy what you do, when you can see the light bulb come on, And not just the light bulb that comes on from my students, it's the light bulb that comes on with me as well, because, huh, guess what? You just taught me something, too. I don't care if it's, what's the new slang word y'all using, (laughs) you know, but just different things. And I just told her that when you enjoy what you do, it's never a hard thing. You can do it all day, every day. And I said, now take that back to your courses. If you enjoy what 
you do, what you're learning, and you have the opportunity to pick your courses, it's not hard work. It's all easy. I love IDS. And we love having you in IDS. One of the things you talked about earlier when talking about how to support veterans was that you know military personnel learn a particular way of doing things, right? And they're used to people telling them, here's your first step, here's your next step, so forth and so on. But there are a lot of things that military personnel also learn that are beneficial to their success in college. So talk to me about the kinds of things that you personally gained from the military that helped you to be successful as a college student. Discipline, the ability to prioritize. I don't know about the Army, but the Navy, (laughs) we we could ask questions and not be afraid to ask the question because there's no such thing as a dumb question. So just being able to not complain about, oh my God, this is so much work. Why am I doing all this? There's a reason. And being able to accept that and keep pushing, even when things get hard, keep pushing, never stop. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything that James said, except his nefarious comment about the, the army. But um, <laughs> I, I think when I, when I got to graduate school, first quarter or so, my advisor said, you're a real quick study. And I, I didn't say it, but I thought at the time, when you're in the middle of a field exercise, it's 2 a.m., you have 15 minutes to plan an offensive operation, and you have a, you're underneath a poncho in the rain with a, with a tiny flashlight. You really <laughs> want to get things done quickly. And so, you know, that certainly is a skill that, that has been very helpful to me. I can very quickly, in most situations, grasp what I need to do, what decisions I need to make, what information I need, who I need to cooperate with, and then move forward and not be paralyzed by the immensity of it all. For sure. And then I think, you know, James hinted at this, you know, not thinking that this is the worst moment ever, that it can always get worse. And so that's actually a helpful uh, skill to have to realize, okay, yeah, I've got to write this report or this book of units due and, you know, tomorrow, or I've got someone's upset about their, their salary, but no one's shooting at me actively at the moment. There's no landmines ahead of me. Um, It's going to be okay. And, you know, it's also, I think, gives us an ability to stand up for what we believe in. I mean, when people are actively trying to kill you, anything less intense than that is not intimidating. So, you know, when when people try to lean on me, I'm really not impressed because, um, you know, again, if they're not actively trying to kill me, I think I'll probably be okay at the end of the meeting. And I think also the sense of teamwork, the idea that, you know, we we all need to win together. This is not a victory for me. It's not a victory for James that it's it's all of us together. And so I think that's a difference. That's something that higher education has in common with the military, right? So if you're if you're in the private sector, a lot of times it is a zero-sum game. If your company wins, it's because another one is losing. If you're getting a promotion, someone else isn't. It doesn't necessarily work that way here or in the military. You know, we're a team. We're all united around the same flag. Uh, in this case, it's our college. It's interdisciplinary studies. We're all trying to work together to help other people. Yeah, I think those are some skills and things that that the military prepared me for that have been helpful in higher education. I like to say one more thing. This was a motto that it was crazy, but for every ship that I served on, they seemed to have the same motto. And it was always ship, shipmate, self. You take care of your ship, you take care of your shipmate, you're going to be taken care of. And like Doc said, the team thing is always about the team. It's not about 
me, what I want, how I want it. It's about the team. Very well said. And Dr. Boone, you're right. If no one's shooting at you, you're not about to step on a landmine, it can't get much worse than that. Right? <laughs> and so I'm going to ask one final question here. You're working with active duty military people and who are planning to return to civilian life. Is there any advice that you would give them for making the transition? Take your time. For those that are finishing up 20 years, even those that are finishing four years, lean on your experiences. Think about what makes you happy with the military. Think about why you went in in the first place. Think about yourself mentally, physically, and just think about your resources. Take all your resources, tap into your resources, and then sit down with someone that's gone that path and pick their brains. Get all your information, get all your ducks in a row, and then go at it just like you go. You went at it at boot camp, same way you went at it at your school in the military, the same way you attacked everything in your career. Go at it, prioritize, and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything that, that James just said. I would also add, you know, just be prepared for more informality and uncertainty in the civilian world than you would ever find in the military. It's not always clear who's in charge. It's not always clear who can give you the answer you want. It's not always clear what your relationship is to people you're working with. That, I mean, there's all sorts of complexities that we don't have in the military. And that, and that is something that you can enjoy uh, as you move from the military to civilian life, because you know, in that ambiguity and, and, and uncertainty is opportunity for you to find your own place, to make your own way in a way that you, you're never going to be in the military. You cannot work yourself up to be an admiral if you're a lieutenant. It's just not going to happen. You're in the wrong service. You're wearing the wrong color uniform. You're at the wrong rank. You know, within a relatively short period of time, you can really transform your situation in the civilian world. Uh, in a way that's not available to military, but it, there's a lot of, you're going to have a lot of questions along the way, a lot of uncertainty, and everyone's going to call you by your first name. That doesn't mean you're all equals. So, um, so yeah, I, but yeah, I think James hit it right on, right on terms of the pitch. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank uh, Dr. Wayne Bowen, who serves as our interim associate dean for the College of Undergraduate Studies and director for interdisciplinary studies and professor of history here at UCF. And I want to thank Mr. James Smith, who serves as our academic advisor in the College of Undergraduate Studies and Interdisciplinary Studies for their willingness to share their insights and their experiences with us on this Veterans Day. I'd like to dedicate this particular podcast in the memory of my father, who served 20 years with the United States Air Force, and to my maternal uncle, who served in the United States Navy, and to my paternal uncles who all served in the United States Army, but most especially to my paternal grandfather who served in the United States Army at the turn of the century. All of these individuals and many more gave their lives for our ability to live in a country where we can proclaim freedom for our rights and abilities. I want to thank all of you who are listening to this podcast on this Veterans Day and to thank all of our military veterans for their service to this country. On behalf of Academically Speaking, I'm Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, and thank you for listening.